Passing on what is good. Let's talk about it on today's edition of Renew Network Podcast. Good morning, my friends. We're moving on in Titus chapter 2. Today we're going to be looking at verses 3 through 5. And in this section, Paul puts the onus of responsibility on the older women in the community to set an example for the younger women as far as the kinds of believers, the kinds of mothers and wives they are to be. And um, Paul has some really solid teaching here um, and always some good advice about living a life that is reflective of the character of Christ. Um, So that's going to be verses three through five. But before we get into the text, let's go before the Father. Heavenly Father, we love you today. We thank you for your word as always. Father, we take a deep breath and we come and rest in your presence. There's nothing we're facing that you are not stronger than. There's no problem too great. Um, no issue so dominating that you're not the answer to it. And so we give you thanks, oh God. We come again hungry, Lord God. We come ready. We want to hear from your word. We know that your word teaches. We know that your word gives life. It's the bread of life for our spiritual journey. And, um, and if we come to your well of insight, if we come to your well of love, if we come to the well of your presence, Lord God, we do not go away empty. And so speak through your word. We give you thanks, O God, uh, and we ask that you would bless this time as we study together. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, Titus 2, 3 through 5. Likewise, teach the older women to be reverent in the way they live not to be slanderers or addicted to too much wine, but to teach what is good. Then they can urge the younger women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled and pure, to be busy at home, to be kind, and to be subject to their husbands so that no one will malign the word of God. Now, Paul begins by instructing Titus to instruct the older women in the community Now, these are women who are sitting under the church's teaching. So these are not just every woman he encounters uh, in that age group. These are specifically women who are meeting in the fellowship of believers. And he says, teach them to be reverent in the way that they live. Now, you have to remember, Crete is a Hellenistic (laughs) uh, community. Uh, they're part of the Roman Empire, and um, they're Gentile, largely. And so they're not inclined to living lives of purity. Uh, they live lives of excess. They do what they want, and they follow their feelings where they take them. And so this encouragement to live in a reverent way is uh, something that w- would be new to them teaching them to revere the Word of God, teaching them to revere uh, a godly lifestyle, to live in a way that isn't excessive and um, expressive of their uh, natural passions and desires, but one that reveres God and uh, sets an example. He says next that they teach them not to be slanderers. Um, I, I suppose that probably has most to do with gossip, Uh, bringing up uh, topics of conversation that would paint others into a bad light, bringing up conversation that would bring negative 
um, uh, ideas uh, about another person or another family or another situation, to not slander people, but to speak truth and love, uh, to not speak ill of people, to not gossip about people and to bring up uh, the scoop on people, but rather to talk encouragingly uh, in ways that would edify others and not neg- put paint others into a negative light. Um, he says, teach them not to be addicted to too much wine. Um, in other words, teach them how to be temperate. Teach them how to express self-control. Um, drinking some wine is okay, <laughs> but uh, when they become addicted, it, it, it takes a foothold in their life and it becomes something greater than God to them. It becomes an idol. And that's true of any activity that we participate in. Too much of a good thing can be a bad thing. And uh, we don't want to give way to addictions. We don't want to give way to strongholds in our lives that spiritually challenge the position of God in our hearts. Um, and so that's great encouragement. Tell them to, uh, tell them to learn how to control themselves um, and teach them to teach what is good, how to be um, and, th- and then he says in that way, they can urge the younger women to love their husbands. Uh, have the older women set a, uh, an example for the younger women and what loving their husbands looks like in a godly way and loving their children and, and rightly parenting them and being self-controlled. If they're showing that they're not addicted to too much wine, then the younger women will follow their lead and to be pure. Uh, to do things that are right and good and godly and honorable, to honor their commitments to their husbands and to their children and to their Lord, to be busy at home, to keep a tidy home, uh, to be kind to others, to be subject to their husbands. Now, in this sense, there's a nuance. He says, so that no one will malign the word of God. So it's allowing the husband to express healthy, godly headship in the home, spiritual leadership in the home, not to dominate, not to uh, overturn any of the wife's opinions or thoughts, um, but to uh, to submit to his spiritual leadership so that he is the spiritual head of the household. He is the priest of the household, the one uh, who teaches the word, who instructs his family in the word, and um, and who points them in the way of the gospel so that the wives in the community would not be subject to false teaching or to the ideas of others, but that there would be a consistent basis for the gospel in the home so that others could say, well, see, she's constantly working against her husband and she disagrees with his opinions about what the Bible says and all of these things so that there's unity in the home, not so that the husband has total dictatorial control. That's not at all what Paul is saying. This is for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of God's word. And uh, it's, it's her choosing to submit to his spiritual leadership as the spiritual head of the household, um, not in any way as the dictator, uh, controller, uh, the unilateral decision maker. That's not at all what Paul's getting at here. And so to read that into it is to misread what Paul is saying. Paul is telling Titus that the older women should be 
uh, mentors to the younger women, that they have a responsibility to the younger women spiritually to model a good example, a Christ-like example for them. Now, these are all fresh converts to the Christian faith, and so they're all learning at the same time what it means to be a Christ follower. And they're leaving behind the life they once knew and embracing their new life in Christ. And so there would necessarily be times when Titus would have to encourage and correct and chasten um, in order to help that godly example and that godly modeling emerge in a healthy way. It's great advice. I think it's still so good when uh, older women intentionally invest in younger women in the church to mentor them, encourage them, to be an accountability person for them, to be a resource person for them. This is still healthy and good and godly advice, and we need more of this in our churches, not less. All right, my friends, thanks for taking time to dig into what Paul had to say today in Titus 2, 3 through 5, and we'll pick it up again tomorrow. God bless. May these words continue to resonate in your heart as you consider them today.